welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Tyson. With me today is entrepreneur and Abraham Hicks fan, Louis D'Souza. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. It's an unusual day because we don't have a guest today, and uh, Anne-Marie, unfortunately, can't join us. So, Louis, this is kind of like a throwback to when we just did shows, you know, back in in the dark ages of LOA Today. (laughs) Hi, Walt. Who are you? (laughs) Yeah, right. It's nice to meet you again, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And like we did so often in the past, we often included LOA stories. I've got an LOA story to share. It's, It's nothing really fancy, but... I think it's illustrative of how important it is to stay focused on what's important to you and what feels good to you. Uh, as you're probably aware, uh, I know most listeners are aware, I run my Louise, my wife Louise's um, gardening and maintenance, gardening service and maintenance business. And uh, we're in the high point of the season. Uh, we've been experiencing gorgeous weather. Oh my goodness. We're, it's the last day of spring and, and it's, it's like, it's idyllic. So that part is good, but there's the usual stresses and strains and so forth. And there have been plenty of them lately. And I was realizing today as I was venturing out to take my daily walk that I wasn't really paying enough attention to the walk. I was so hung up on all the, the junk that was going on. And I said, well, whoa, 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 we can't really do that. That's, that's not good. And so I, I was deliberately focusing from that point on. I deliberately focused on how beautiful it was because it was gorgeous. Oh, absolutely gorgeous. Blue sky, you know, nice, comfortable temperature. Uh, it was just, it was just idyllic. And it was really interesting to me because I kept, my mind kept shifting back and forth. I'd focus on that and then I'd be drawn back to the dark side again. Oh, bring myself back to the beautiful stuff again. Oh, drawn back to the dark side again. So I was playing that little tennis game. And as so often happens when you have experiences like that and, and you get yourself to really focus and really pay attention to what's going on that you really love because it's a great way to, you know, change your perspective away from that other stuff you don't like. As usual, that stuff became less important. It became, you know, the more I, I persistent I was about it, it, it the, the other stuff just became less and less of a drag on my mind. And I knew I had this, re- one of the reasons I was so, you know, just kind of distracted was I had a, a customer service issue that I really didn't want to have to deal with. And I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. But after the walk and after I was, I got myself feeling really good, all of a sudden the solution became absurdly easy. And basically I dished it off to my VA so she could take care of it. But I, I was not aware of that. I mean, that was not part of my conscious thought process while I was feeling down. So it was just, I mean, it's, it's not a big LOA story, but it's just another reminder of how, mm. you know, when you give your attention to what you don't like and you do it consistently enough, it actually takes away, uh, it takes away possible solutions. It takes away quality of life. It makes everything just, you, you just kind of are drawn in over and over again magnetically to that miserable, 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 miserable. You have to actually take your mind directly, intently away from it, focus on what you love, and the whole thing shifts. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, how many times have we talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. But once again, it's like, oh, my goodness, there it is again. <laughs> yeah, it just becomes easier and easier and easier with practice. Mm-hmm. And practice turns into a belief and an, or more into a knowing, which... Uh, which you just literally carry around with you like a, it's going to say like an aura. <laughs> well, it kind of is. I mean, it's part mm. of your aura. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Talking about auras, uh, somebody said something quite interesting because I was in a spiritual group and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you before about auras. But um, there, there's quite a few people in the group who can actually see auras, and I always felt a little bit violated because they'd look at you like this. <laughs> they wouldn't look at you. They would like hmm. looking around you, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, and and then somebody pointed out to me what 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 are actually going on. So the core of your being is inside you, mm-hmm. and your physical body is more outside. Mm-hmm. And your aura is even more outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, you're really not looking at who the person is. You're now looking at 
aspects, um, active vibrations that have kicked in over time and, you know, some that you're carrying around and all the rest of it. And they're not very helpful. You know, you're not actually focusing on the being who they are and what they are. You're now getting distracted by the things on the side. Mm. And uh, I've never thought of it like that before. And it was like, wow, I've used this before. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously an extension of yourself, but you're right. It's more of the an extension about uh, toward, connected into the physical side, what's going on physically mm. with you rather than who you are as a being. That's a great point. I hadn't thought of that one. I, ha, you've never seen auras? I've been able to see auras sometimes, not very often, but I have been able to see them at times. Yeah, I mean, I've got to see a layer of aura, but I wouldn't call it like I know some people can see auras. It's nothing Just like nothing like Kelian photography. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I can see that outer layer all around people very clearly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's fairly solid and it doesn't change color. And, um, so, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, I can't say I say that I've seen a whole lot of color change. Um, mm. In fact, I, I have to admit there's a piece of me that's a little bit skeptical about the color change part. I'm not saying that it definitely doesn't happen, but I'm, I kind of wonder how much of that is the reader reading into it, if you know what I mean. Well, I think they see the colors, but how, what you determine the colors mean, I think that's open for interpretation. Well, I'm sure that they believe they see the colors, but a color itself is an interpretation. It's an interpretation of electromagnetics, you know? So if they're seeing, say, yellow, and like you say, they, they have some sort of association of what yellow means to them, will everybody who is sensitive to auras see yellow? Or will different people see different colors? Because my experience is different people seeing the same aura have seen different colors. So that's why I think that it may be more about the person doing the observing what the color is than the person being observed or the aura being observed. Yeah. Again, I only really like talking about what I know and don't really know. Anything don't really know. About yeah, that's it, fair. So. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. Fair point. Um, you know, I, I know there's two people in my life who I'm absolutely convinced could see auras. Hmm. Um, and one of them is Donna Eden, who I've seen live a few times in London. Mm-hmm. And she can most definitely see auras without a hesitation. She, she, this one lady brought her son to Don Eden and he was, you know, social, uh, recluse, etc. Um, and always, you know, just in his room drawing things and all the rest of it. And as soon as Don Eden saw her, she said, Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. She grabbed a piece of paper and a pen. She started drawing shapes. And the mom said, oh, my God, I can't believe it. He said, what do you mean? She says, oh, he's drawing these all the time. And she could see them clearly in his aura, and they were very mm. strong. And eventually he went to Harvard. The kid, she, she helped balance him and, and help understand that this, he was actually a genius, et cetera. And um, the guy went to Harvard. <laughs> wow. Very impressive. Yeah. Well, and, and what you just described, I mean, I, I know you won't address this part because like you said, you've not directly experienced it. Uh, but I don't mind speculating about that stuff like that because that's what I do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when, when I hear that story about how she observed the shapes in Azora, that to me is her seeing the shapes because that's what she sees. And I think it's because she's such an intuitive, I mean, I imagine that auras are probably not the only way she intuits. She's probably able to pick stuff up in other ways too, but because she intuited shapes, therefore there were shapes. That's my speculation anyway. Is there there like a fax going on or something? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, is that hooting your side or my side? (laughs) I don't think it's on my side. I don't know. Uh, the ghosts, the gremlins in the system. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's whoever's observing our auras. I mean, <laughs> so I've got a, a, a sauna story and. Oh, good. And you know, there, there was this nice lady, Indian lady, and I was chatting to her and she was telling me that um, her husband has got Alzheimer's. Mm. No, not Alzheimer's. Um, her husband's got uh, muscular dystrophy. Oh, okay. So, um, I don't know a lot about it. Um, but 
we we were chatting about Sadhguru and um she said, Oh, he's into him as well. So I said, Oh, I'll probably get along well with your husband. And she says, Oh, he's here. So I said, Cool. So um I was walking out and I saw this guy whose muscles were a bit um off his arm. So I said to him, you know, Are you the guy who's into Sadhguru? And he said, Yeah, yeah, and we started having a chat and uh it's uh it, it was interesting. Um we we got on to muscular dystrophy and um I I said to him you know have have you ever looked on the internet to see if anybody has overcome it I, well first thing i said to him is is do have the doctor said it's terminal mm-hmm. and he said yes uh and i said have you looked on the internet to see if you know anybody has overcome it and he said no and i said is there a reason for that um and he kind of shrugged it off uh, and uh you know um i was pointing out to him the universal law of attraction which he didn't <laughs> seem to fully agree with <laughs> mm. um there was a lot of resistance and everything was very mental um and he was always focused on you know there's only 5% of the planet are intelligent you know and mm. i think that's a really uh, you know, think for themselves. It's not true in any shape or form. <laughs> I think most of the planet, I think more people on this planet at the moment are able to think for themselves than at any time in the past. That's a fair statement. Yeah. I don't That's think there's ever been a time where, where there's been more people who've been able to look at different studies, facts, people's opinions, etc., and make up their own out of it all. And, and I think it's increasing too. Mm, massively. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, we, we delve down different routes, but I, I don't think he was particularly happy because I was saying, you know, I believe that if you create an illness, you can cure it. He didn't believe so, well, I didn't create part. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, until you understand, you know, the Abraham Hickson law of attraction, which I actually listened to again, some, some of it yesterday, mm. they really, really point that out with great clarity that you create your own reality. Um, it's a tough really, one. I mean, that, that's is. a tough one to swallow. It really is. It takes a lot to get to the point where you can even consider it, let alone actually accept mm. it. So it was, it was really, uh, you know, I, I can't say it was one of my most enjoyable conversations. You know, I had to tread very carefully and, and all the rest of it. And I was saying to him, you know, we're, I find that it's so important if you want to live a full life, you need to be comfortable with death. How'd that go over? It didn't go over very well. (laughs) (laughs) I said to him, you know, I'm dying right now. And if you don't like what I'm saying, you can go and shoot me in the car park, you know, it's, <laughs> and then I'm dead. It's just the way it is. You know, it's, I can't do much about it. And, you know, I've, I've come to terms with death on, in ways and means that, you know, a lot of people may not have because of not, not having out of body experiences, et cetera. Um, but you, you kind of get to a real peace with it. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's a tricky one because life is the most important thing. There's mm. nothing more important than life. And, you know, I always have to stress that and, and, and reiterate it because it is for me, I want to be alive. I want to continue. I want to oh, be sure. here. So I, I understand it, you know. Yeah, we wouldn't be here um, if it wasn't that important. Why would we bother? But we bother because it is very important. Mm. It's, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't have a lot more to say about that. That was probably the only good conversations I've had last week um well, you're, you're reminding me of something though um i had a guest on a couple of days ago uh who was a great guest she was really um very optimistic very powerful person and so forth uh who has uh, multiple sclerosis mm-hmm. and her story was basically about all once she got her diagnosis of multiple sclerosis all the different ways that she determined she was going to live her life anyway and she was going to feel good and she was going to be positive and optimistic but she kept saying one phrase over and over again, and I never, I don't know if it was just because I wasn't feeling up to it or whatever, but I never challenged her on the phrase. But the phrase was, I will have it forever. I will have MS forever. And it was really an interesting 
dichotomy because on the one hand, she was really a positive person. I mean, positive, happy, just, you know, totally focused. Everything, if, if she had been part of this conversation that we talk about here, you know, the way we talk about what do you focus on, you get and all that. If she'd been a part of that conversation, she would have been perfectly in tune with everything we said, but she still would have said, I'll have MS forever. And it, it was really interesting. <laughs> And I, I thought about it afterward. I said, I wonder what would have happened if I had challenged her on that. I probably should have on one sense. I mean, it's part of what you do as a co, as a host of the well, show. You don't, you don't challenge, you don't, don't replace the word challenge with, um, in explore. Okay. Yeah. That's, mm. that's a little bit less intrusive. It does, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, confrontational in any, fr- in, no, in any shape. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean it as a confrontation, but you're right. Yeah. Mm. Um, the other to thing me, I want to me, the fact that it makes it a challenge is that when you present somebody with something like that and they haven't really wrapped their head around it, they feel challenged by it. That's what I meant by the challenge. It wasn't like, I'm yeah, yeah. To, to see if they feel challenged by yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always been very wary about offering my advice unsolicited. Um, it's it's something I don't particularly want to do. But then, you know, I really listened to Abram Hicks again, and he said, we live in a traction universe. There is Ooh. no assertion. None, 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 none. A, There's attraction. no assertion anywhere. An attraction universe with no assertion. Now, let's be specific. There's no assertion in about. an attraction-based universe is the state statement. So, so what, 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 let's define terms here. When they say assert versus attract, what do they mean? Let's be specific. So if I force my opinion on you, I'm asserting myself. Yes. Okay. But I can't assert myself. You can just refuse to, to, to agree with it. Sure. So if you are open to the idea, then you will allow it in. So basically what they're saying is there's no assertion in an attraction-based universe. So, so you, you can assert, it just won't necessarily get you anywhere. It won't, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it might. It might go somewhere, but it's only because the other person allows it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, because it's uh, an attraction-based universe. And that, that's a great point. That actually was a point that I took a, a long time to try to figure out and make clear for myself because I encountered people uh, who were very much into law of attraction who had a certain bit of a victim mentality about certain things. Yes, law of attraction applies in every area except for this one area because I got attacked or you know something along that line. Mm-hmm. And and that that mindset, that that frame of reference was basically antithetical to what we're talking about here, the idea that you really can't assert to use the definition the way you just described it. Um and and indeed there are also people um, and many of them fall into the Neville Goddard camp who take a, a number of comments that Goddard made about how you can influence other people to, um, get them to give you a call when you want them to give you a call or to, you know, to, to do certain behaviors that you want them to do. And what Goddard always said was, well, they have to, he didn't say it directly. It was, he had a, kind of an odd way of expressing himself, but he always expressed himself in a way that said they have to be a part of it. They have to in some way already be in alignment with it or already want it or something like that. He never suggested that you can do it against somebody's will. Will, yeah. That was really the, the, the key point. But like I said, he never really said it that clearly, that, that directly. So there was enough ambiguity in there that a lot of Neville followers like to say, well, yes, I can insert my will. I, I can basically get anybody to do anything I want them to do. Mm. And so that's why I was, when I was confronted with that viewpoint, that's where I had to kind of come to grips with, okay, what's the truth here? What's really going on? What is this universe really all about? How does this whole thing really work? And I, the way I came to express it was I can influence, but I can't control because influence requires the other person's cooperation. Control requires mm-hmm. no cooperation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is very simple. Yeah, you can be, you can become an influencer, Abram Hicks says, definitely. Yeah. And influence is great. I love influence. Yeah, negative influence is great. Well, I mean, you like the negative influence. (laughs) I like the positive influence. (laughs) No, I just, I just trying to imply that influence can be looked at on both sides. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
Um, but the other thing I wanted to bring up, changing the subject completely, is um, I'm excited about getting rid of the Jaguar. Really? Oh, my car. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> You've had that for my, how long now? Uh, about four years. Four years? Yeah, okay. Mm. It's been a while now. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for a hybrid. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Kia as well. So I'm very excited about that. We're getting a brand new Kia. It's already on order. Very nice. Um, Just to tell Elon Musk. Yeah, it's okay. Elon, <laughs> Elon can't stand hybrids. He thinks they're terrible. He, he wants electric only. <laughs> I, I understand that completely. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't go a hybrid if Ness, I thought it was going to be beneficial in the, in the midterm. Mm, oh, yeah. And I think it's really going to be a good in between, you know, after three years, I'll look at, um, the electric. Sure. I'll go all electric. Yeah. But in the, in the meantime, because of all the long trips to the coast and all the things we do with the family, et cetera, um, especially with the know, price, I'll wait, wait for the, wait for them to mature a bit with those batteries. But again, I've been looking into where they get the batteries from. Oh, okay. And. It's quite horrific, really. The, um, there's a, there's places in America. So the, the America used to create the, dig out the minerals or whatever it is that's necessary to make the batteries, Mm -hmm. but it was cheaper to get it from China. So America stopped and they bought everything from China. And then, um, America doesn't want to be reliant on China anymore. So now they're starting to do their own and, you know, they, the mines are extremely destructive. Uh-huh. I mean, extremely is an understatement of the, uh, to the local environment. It is horrendous. Um, and it's not that easy to make batteries at all. You know, you need a lot of different parts to, to put together and, and a lot of, um, the raw material. So there is a lake somewhere in America where the water is of such a, constitution that they don't have to do a lot of the process they just have to siphon it off this lake but to do that they've you know devastated the environment around it Hmm. um and there's not much you can do you you either get what you need for batteries or you don't you know (laughs) and i don't see that the planet is actually able to produce the amount of batteries necessary to have all electric vehicles just Can't so that raises an interesting question because research is always being done, right? I mean, there, there are always people and companies who are trying to create new innovations and so forth. I wonder what's being done with battery research and specifically what's being done you, you, to, to create an alter, yeah. alternative form of manufacture or whatever. Well, as you're aware, well, batteries haven't progressed in the ability to store electrons particularly well for the hell of longest time. Slightly improvements, but nothing major, Mm. nothing. Um, And electricity, to me, is kind of like source energy. Source energy is supposed to flow. It's not supposed to be static. Okay. Mm. So if if you really get that, then you you kind of – AC is more of a, a realistic um electrical mode in my mind i mean this is purely my own theory yeah um because it alternates and it's always flowing yeah if if you're using it it's always flowing um and i don't know there there's something more I, I don't think they'd be able to transport a, AC, um, alternating current across long distances if it was DC. I don't think it's possible. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's yeah. true. DC I, just doesn't transport very far. So, um, DC, of course, is just a reservoir of electrons. Battery is just a reservoir of electrons mm-hmm. um, between a positive and a negative kind. And then as the electrons go from the one plate to the other, then the movement happens. And it's, right. you know, a DC is just a straight line where AC is, you know, the full curve. Um, so 
you know, storing electricity in DC in the form of batteries is really not easy. Uh, I mean, we can do it. It's not, it's not easy. It's just we haven't managed to perfect it to store large amounts quickly and easily. And I just, I, th I think it's not going to be the easiest thing for man to overcome that one. I think that's going to be one of its bigger challenges along the way is to try store DC longer or bigger and better, but never mind. But well, you made um, an interesting this, comment though. You, you pointed out that you wanted to know what the source of the batteries was or the materials for the batteries, which suggests yeah, yeah. to me that there are some sources in your mind that are better than others. Uh, I was just saying that AC, I think, is a better way than DC, but not anything else, really. Not, oh, not all right. Sourcing okay. from different areas, yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of people think it's going green, going electric. It's not. <laughs> there is a carbon footprint, there is the mining, there is, you know, th this, it's huge. By the time it gets to you, there's, you know, and the car and all its little gadgets. You know, the car I'm getting has got automatic cruise control. It slows down in the car in the front lane. It stays in lane. Um, you know, it dims its lights when somebody comes to you. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's... Um, Rearview mirrors um, go down when you reverse. Um, you know you've got the stop start. Stop start. Um, you got the start button. You've got the automatic entry. You know you've got so much technology. All of them require different um, carbon footprints from different places. And if you started adding all those up um, for your vehicle, it, it, it'll be significant. So you know even if you go electric, you're still not going green per se, you know, green would be staying at home farming and sharing your food with your local community and, and living like that, you know, and trading that would be going green. But a lot of the things we're doing, um, is, is damaging the planet. Well, the biggest thing that's really damaging the planet at the moment is agriculture. Can, yeah. can you see clearly how agriculture is dam damaging the planet? Oh, sure. Yeah, we've had enough conversations on that topic that I have a clear idea about that. I, mm. I still don't see it quite the same way you see it. I mean, mm. I, you, you, you see it as a definite problem. Um, this is one area where I would say that I have been actively applying the basic principles of Abraham Hicks and saying, don't look for the problem, look for the solution. Mm. And so, so to me, the first part of the solution is don't worry about the problem. Because all the worry does is bring you down and make things worse. Absolutely, got no yeah. problem with that. So yep. don't worry about. So don't worry about that. And secondly, be confident that a solution is going to be achieved, and it is. I mean, I I just firmly believe. I don't think it's even going to be one solution. I think it's going to be a series of solutions. I think there's going to be a Absolutely. whole bunch of solutions going on. You know. So, I, yeah, I, I'm aware of damage happens all the time. That's just part of. The, the world of polarity that that's part of what happens in life. But by the same token, so does creation happen. So does uh, productivity happen. So does improvement happen. So to me, it's not, I, I just don't even focus on it like you do. You, you get very excited about it and that's great. You know, Hey, I love that you're excited about it. I just don't get excited about it. It doesn't, it doesn't phase me one way or another. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know me, I wasn't phased by anything um, before this came along, but I, I really see that from a real practical down to earth life point of view, um, there are certain things that are going to happen. 53 years, 52 years, petroleum is going to be finished. Okay. Believe it or not. Look at it yeah. whatever way you want. I, I, I don't 50, really that, 54 okay. years is, um, gas. Okay. There'll be fossil fuels is, is, is time is ending. Um, and everybody can see it. The writing's on the wall. Well, they've been telling us that for a long time, but the evidence doesn't necessarily support the claim. Okay. If you've got evidence that proves that it's going to last long, I don't have interested. any evidence that proves anything. Let's <laughs> remove the word proof because proof does not have any role in this one. one okay. Way um, point two, whatever you want to use. Um, yeah, there is I'd, be, I'd just be interested because, you know, the, those figures, um, are interesting because gas, 54, petrol, or what do you call it in America? You call, we, we call it gasoline. Gasoline, but 
Yeah. yeah. So pet- petroleum fifty two, gas fifty three, and um, coal one hundred and fourteen. I I look at the source of the data because the source of the data in my case in my uh, experience is very often quite biased, and so then I start to question the data. Because of the sources, so do, do you think fossil fuels will go on forever? I don't know. I don't claim to have knowledge one way or the other about that. But when someone tells but me, if, if you're a president years, of a country and and you need to make luck a with that, you'll never make me president of a company. A country that's not going to happen. But okay, well, hypothetically, <laughs> yeah, hypothetical. We, you can play that game. So <laughs> hypothetical, you're president of a country and you've got this looming over your head. Do you ignore it or do you? You know, do you move further studies? How many studies do you want to do? How long do you want to take the studies um, before well, you start making a decision on how thing, to move forward? The first thing I do is resign because I don't want to be president. <laughs> it's the last thing that I want. I have such a knowledge of how what, of what the truth is about politics that it's really there. There is I can't imagine too many things worse than that. Maybe going to the dentist. I mean, it's just that bad as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, if I were president, I, I would instantly resign just to improve my life and it would improve my life. Of course. Um, what you're, we're not, what you're we're trying not doing to that, me, but if you, if, if you, you are in the position to, to run a country and you need to make a decision, are, are you going to look at these figures or are you just going to ignore them? I, I believe I answered the question a moment ago when I said I would take the figures in the context of the source. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any such thing as unbiased data. I, agree. I don't think that I don't think that that exists. And I so think that what would you do? Data, get more studies? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> you're you're no? presuming that I'm a, that I'm going to take on an issue. I've already said okay. I'm going to resign, so you know I'm not going to take on the issue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you get my point. You know, somebody needs to make a decision on how these things are going to move forward, no, they one don't. way or another. No, they don't. No, okay. no, no. no. The, okay. See, the assumption that's built into that is that mm. there is a problem that has to be solved here. Mm. But I don't share that assumption. Well, you could look at it from the other point of view. There's a solution to be found. Yeah, but I don't have to uh, adopt that view, that that point of view, while at the same time believing that there's a problem that needs a solution. Okay. See, that's one of the key things that so, I learned. So, so when you know what I you bear, don't want, no, 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 it, it doesn't exist. Bear, bear with me for just a moment here. Okay. This, this is a key key thing that I learned over the last few years because I have I'm one of these people who is, has a long history of getting bogged down by problems. And I one of the things that I've learned is that the reason I get bogged down by problems is because I keep focusing on the problem. Absolutely. And if you keep focusing on the problem, you're going to continue to get problems. So. Mm-hmm. The last thing that I want to do when presented with a problem is to look at the problem. Because but I don't want to get bogged down. You've got 17 seconds for free, Walt. I don't want to. I, I have better things to do with that 17 <laughs> seconds. I really do. Okay. <laughs> Actually, what I'm still trying to do is I'm still, still trying to train myself to not pay so much attention to the problem. That's actually the biggest challenge I think that we face is we, we, I think most of us are, are addicted to looking at problems. I think it's a massive addiction. I think what most of us really need to do is to just stop. We want solutions? Fine. You don't have to look at a problem in order to find a solution. That, that was the hardest message for me to get. It helps clarify it. When you, when you know what you want, don't want, you have a much better idea what you do want. But that's about, as all, that's about all you have to give attention to it. See, the I people agree. who give attention, the people, well, no, do you really though? Because you keep looking okay. at the problem over and over and over again. And that's no, what I'm pointing you to. Keep yeah, you actually the do. Problem. Actually, you do. Actually, you do, because you keep bringing up the same problem over and over again. That's how I know that you keep looking at it. Well, if I'm if if I want to if I'm on a separate pod- podcast all the time, it's always good to to show people what we're talking about and to, to know to focus on what you don't want for a short period of time, so you can focus on what you do want. And I was uh, going to go count- into all that, but we got stuck on this now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a key point. This is a really, really important it's, it's point. A, it's a key point for you, not key point for me. I want to move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You want me to, uh, to to buy into your scenario. I'm trying to explain no, to you. No, you don't have to buy into anything. Well, I'd never want you to do anything <laughs> I want you to do. <laughs> sure you did. You were trying to get me to buy no, into I the don't. scenario. Yeah, you were. <laughs> You kept saying, yeah, but what if you did have this problem? You just kept going back to that. That's going back to the scenario over and over again. Well, I was just trying to see if you can. 
I don't know. You know, if you don't have any problems in your life, then you got nothing to solve. You know, um, no, 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 no. There, that, that, see, there, there's where there's where we get into the addiction right there. Hmm? And the reason I say that is, it's one thing to identify a problem, but when we I, when we claim, well, if you know, if you're not, I, if you're not, if you're not spending more time focusing on it, then you're not identifying the problem. Then I think there's a problem with that. That that's actually a a, a false assertion. That's actually taking something that isn't a problem and turning it into a problem. That's probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> you don't have to spend tons of time on the problem. I, that, what, where, where we end up tripping up is we do spend tons of time on the problem. That's where things go wrong because we're constantly focused on problems. The same problem over and over and over again. We just keep going on and 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 on. And then we never get to the solution. Yeah, it, sure. Of course, you need to have the problem for the contrast. That doesn't mean you have to spend a whole lot of time on it. You can spend, you know, like a nanosecond and you're done. It's like, oh, yeah, problem. Okay. That's all I need. <laughs> I don't need to spend more than that. However, we as humans have been socialized into believing, yeah, we do have to spend time on the problem. And so we keep going back to it. I think that's what this is also tied into something that's been really gnawing at me for the longest time. Why it is we're so focused on negativity as a, as a species? Because we really are. There are people just can't get enough of it. They can't get enough of the drama. They can't get enough of all this stuff. And and I, I do get it. I mean, the more that you focus on it, the more you get. Sure, that's part of it. But why is it so attractive? Why, and that's probably the wrong word <laughs> or maybe an advisor, advisory word. Why, why is it so interesting? Let's put it that way. Why why is that negative so fascinating to people? Because it, people are clearly fascinated by it, right? I mean, it's it's obvious how fascinated we humans are with negativity, with drama, with the huge polarity, with the huge contrast. And I, I think part of it is, is simply that, let's see, how do I express it in terms of what we're talking about here? It's the belief that if I don't do that, then I haven't given attention to the problem, which is not true. It's not true. But we act as if it's true, so that's why we keep coming back to it over and again. Well, yeah, but without the, con the, the, the problem, you can't have the contrast. You already got the problem. It was already there. It's not like you lacked it. It's not like it, it, it's, it's like the conversation I had with the stream at one point. The stream, the stream of David, um, was trying to. Let's see, what was the point they were trying to make? They, they were trying to make the point that we live in a world of polarity, and that we chose to come to this world of polarity, and. They kept hammering on the polarity, hammering on the polarity. And that was, you know, I get it. I get it. But then after a while, I said to myself, well, is there a shortage of polarity? I mean, why do we have to be so concerned about there being polarity? It's there. It's not like it's missing. It's not like there's not enough of it. There's plenty of it. <laughs> there's no shortage of polarity. Why must we keep going back to the polarity? Why is that so important? Because that's that, that becomes like a way to justify it. Let's justify. I gotta go back to that that drama again. I gotta keep looking at that negativity again. I got why? What's so important about it? We didn't see it the first time. <laughs> Sorry, I guess I went on a little bit there. <laughs> You're stuck, Walt. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Um, so what I was trying to point out is um, the, this, this, this one video that I, I put up to you, um, I watched it again, um, and this guy has created this closed-loop system, which you did say you were quite excited about. And, you know, so he uses biochar, initially and then he's got um fungus um and it goes all the way back but basically it produces loads and loads of electricity mm -hmm. um it's it's like a huge powerhouse and it it was just you know it was so uh from from a heart from your heart you just feel so good about what he's done there um and it's such an interesting and inspiring thing because what he's done is the fuel for the soil is increased up to 400%. That's cool. So he can speed up the growth of food by um, 
No, not 400%. For, um, he, what he can do in four days, it would normally take nature to do in 400 years, which is absolutely mind-blowing. That, that's, that's quite a ratio. Um, and this guy is super intelligent. Um, is this the guy in Canada? I remember, there are a few of these you've told me about. Yeah, no, I, th I thought it was Canada. It's actually... What state starts with an M in America? Um, Michigan, Montana, Massachusetts. Mi Michigan, Michigan. I think it's in Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I didn't even, it was America, not, not Canada. So um, I, I made a note of that. And it was just really, really interesting. Uh, you know, it was burned down and, you know, I had to rebuild it, etc. But, you know, the potential of that is gargantuous, you know, absolutely gargantuous. You know, the amount of um, flack he's likely to get from the power companies is going to be probably quite interesting. But, <laughs> That's always fun. <laughs> um, but really, you know, what he can do is he can turn the scenario around of, of the soil, et cetera, in, in an incredibly short period of time. Hmm. And it really is interesting to to see that there are many, you, you know, I was watching another program and the person was saying, you know, you can't say who's the head of all these different groups um, of, of improving the planet because there are thousands and thousands. There's one in each town. There's one in each oh, sure. area. There's, you know, yeah. there's, there's thousands and thousands of them. And as you say, there's so many solutions coming out now and I've come across so many of them. That's fun. Um, and it's really, really interesting because, you know, I did the lawn and, you know, all the birds are not eating in the bird feeder. They're eating off my lawn now. <laughs> I remember you said that, yes. <laughs> and um, now I've done the rest of the lawns uh, in, in my garden. And that's really, really exciting. Um, the compost heap is is speeded up quite a lot because it's now a hot-based one. Um, so we're kind of getting like a bag of compost a month, which is really nice and compared to mm -hmm. like after a year we were getting some compost. Um, but you know, it's, it's just such a, such a fantastic journey. I mean, you know, the garlic, which we pulled out the other day, like huge chunks and my daughter went and, 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 uh, plattered them and, and put them in our shed now. <laughs> and I walked in there, it's like, whoa, this looks like a witch house. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was. It, it, it's really such a feeling of, 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 wow, this is really working. And then I, I said to my wife, what's the difference between sand and soil? Um, because this is the biggie. I don't know I've mentioned it on the show, but I've, oh, I've, a few I times. just want to go over it again. So, you know, when you take sand and you add organic content, you get soil. When you take soil and you remove organic content, you got sand. So um, I said to her, your beds are, are open to the sky. You know, and, 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 and before you get all these things that you're growing to, to come up and protect them with their leaves, et cetera. Um, and I said, they need to be covered. So I was just saying, I want to think about a way. How can we do this? How can we cover them and protect them? And then she went online and she found some uh, wool, you know, just kind of like wool blanket type thing. Um, you know, off, off cuts of the wool and stuff like that. Um, so. Yeah, she bought that, put it down, and literally the soil underneath is still very, very moist and protected, and etc. So, so it's it's a great solution uh, to protect soil until the plants have grown up, etc. And then you can move that that um, covering to different areas if you want to. So it's really, really working well. I just wanted to bring so, that so, up. So Something. let's go back to the guy who uh, created you know the four hundred year miracle. <laughs> For the lack of better yeah. terms. Is that the essence of what he was doing? What was he doing? I, was, I wanted to know more about what he was doing. So what he, what he was doing is he wanted to create, um, he wanted to, first of all, he's very, um, very orientated around sustainability. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, he's, he's not into waste and all that kind of thing. So what he wanted to do was to find out how to, to make something that will improve the soil and also produce electricity 
mm-hmm. um, and then have no waste. So the only waste, the only waste he's got, I mean, the CO2 goes back into his, his, his kiln, which makes his biochar, which just takes off cut of woods. So the only thing that comes in is off cut of woods. Um, and so the CO2 um, is, is, is even used in the closed loop system. So the only thing, you know, he, char- he can run his entire setup with his electricity as generated and something like, um, what was it? Something like twenty other houses fully running on the on electricity as well that that he can generate from the small plant of his. Okay, but um, what I want drilling in on is what it is that he's actually doing to generate the electricity. What's he doing to generate it? Yeah. That's a good question. It's so complicated this little system of his that's closed loop that I can't even begin to understand it. Oh, okay. Um, because to me, that's the cool part. That's the part that I really want to know. Like, oh, wow, what's what's he doing? This is really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was saying that uh, the uh, algae that he uses has something like five times more. What does coal give you? Heat, uh, fire, burn, yeah. energy, energy. Energy. It's, it's yeah. about five times more effective than coal. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'd never have dreamt that algae is so much more effective than coal. No, just, not really. I'd never have thought of it. Um, but really, the, the, he's got this like slush. He's got this algae and he's got this machine turning around, moving the algae. He's got this um, beast which he's got there, which he throws in the wood and, and it burns it. And then it goes. Uh, did you say a beast? Uh, yeah, that's what he kind of calls it. It's, it's kind of like his dragon. He calls it the dragon because it kind of burns everything. It. Yeah, no, he's, he's he's a fantastic guy. I mean, he, he was he turned down working for Star Wars, you know. To, <laughs> he sounds to, like to he's come from Star Wars. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he he was into artificial intelligence. So what what he does is he monitors the algaes with electronics, so it knows exactly what it needs more. Um, uh, nitrogen, etc., cetera, um, and when it needs more this and more that, so he can adjust it easily and quickly. But literally what he's saying there is what what uh, what nature takes 400 years to do, he can do in four days, which is, if, if there's any truth to that whatsoever, it's an incredible story. Um, well, that's why I'm anybody... to know what the truth is. That's why I want to know how he does it. But you know, again, um, I sent you the link. You can watch it. Mm. <laughs> you, can, you can, you you can, you can see for yourself. Um, but again, you know, I don't know how much of this is true and how much it really works. And you know, I would have thought he would have had a lot more problems by now. But again, this is still the same original video, mm. slightly modified, um, that I watched. I actually bought it on Vima. Uh, what's it called again? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Successful purchase. Uh, oh, that's no, just Dodic's money. The need to grow. It's called the, the need, need to grow. grow. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much else to say about it all. Um, just it, it really is an inspiring video. There's different aspects which you bring in. They bring in a farmer, they bring in this guy, and they bring a little girl who who's champions, um, uh, you know, clean, clean energy and healthy food, etc. Um, she's only eight years old, um, but uh, yeah, she, she's been she's incredible as well. So it, it brings in three different kind of stories and aspects kind of blends them together and it does a good job yeah yeah it looks good i i just found the movie so i'll have to mm. take a look at the need to grow i i do kind of hope that they're they're giving us some clear idea of what's actually being done here i i have to know whenever i get a sales pitch on well this is going to clean up the planet and it's going to do all this other stuff i say yeah okay great but what does it actually do 
Mm. <laughs> it's the same thought that keeps going to my mind over and over again. Like, okay, yeah, okay, you're, you're, you're trying to sell this stuff to me. Got it. Now, what are you selling? But again, there's absolutely nothing that they're selling. There's nothing you can buy besides the well, you know watching what I mean, the movie. They're, they're, That's they're trying it. to sell. An, they're trying to sell a, a mindset and an idea. And yeah, okay, I, I get it. They like the, the mindset and the idea, but I want to know the thing. Mm. I want to know how the no, thing works. No. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if the guy's going to give it to everybody free on the planet. I don't care whether he gives it free or it. not, but. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the, I mean, the, what we're talking about is basically you—you you brought up the idea of data before. Data is is the, the foundation of science. The idea of science is that science is brought out and discussed in public. And I mean, if, if we've gotten to the point now where all we're going to talk about are the selling points of what we what we found, are we really doing science? <laughs> I'm not so sure that we are at that point. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm part of a science group, and these guys get really technical, and there's a lot of information out there um, on the soil, and it's really really interesting to kind of on the glimpse on this outside as much as I can understand uh, what they're talking about, but it's um, th- there's a lot of very very technical minds out there trying to find the reality of it, and and you know what's really going on and what they can and really can't do. And cool. they're really knocking their heads together to do it. And, you know, there's a strong community doing that. I mean, I get That's about great. 170 posts a, a day, you know. It's like, oh, my God, <laughs> I can't go through this. But they're the, all excited and really focused and uh, passionate. The great, the great challenge, of course, is taking that information. I'm not saying this is something for you to do necessarily. I'm just saying this is something that is needed at some point. To take that information, to take that knowledge and translate it in some way to something that the broader masses can grasp mm. because we've been able to do that with the older technologies. In mm. in many cases, the newer technologies, we aren't really doing that. And I think it's kind of a, a loss to not do it. Everybody's just kind of holding everything close to the chest, but that that's where the cool stuff is. When we can find ways to express in mm. everyday terms, you know, how stuff like this works, you know, what, what, what's the, 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 what's the mechanism going on? What's the, uh, what, what's the action that's, what's the, the fuel? What's the, what's the stuff that's happening that makes these things happen, that makes these things work the way that, that they're claimed to work? That's the cool part. Mm. Being able to explain that yeah, part absolutely. is the fun. Yeah. That's, that's where it's no, great. No, I actually agree with you. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what I keep hoping for, you know, more information like that. That, that's, that's why I like the, um, uh, the fantastic fungi movie that came out. There, there was, mm. There was some propaganda to it. There was some, you know, they were, they were, they were presenting a mindset, but, and, and, but they also presented some data, but they, but they also used illustration to show you how to understand what the process was. Mm. That was one of the best parts of the movie. They, they used a lot of CGI in that, a lot of computer generated, uh, images and graphics. And the purpose was to demonstrate how, how does stuff work? What happens? What happens when A leads to B, which leads to C, which leads to D? How can how can we visualize that? And they did a marvelous job of that. So that that to me is that that's the exciting kind of movie. That's the exciting mm. kind of presentation. The kind that no, I agree with you when the when they make it in in some ways that you can fully grasp or yeah. understand. Well, understand to some degree. I mean, not fully. Well, you know, that's um, that's the whole point of the layman's viewpoint. Layman's viewpoint isn't going to take in all the technical pieces we mm. can't it's just it's not possible to do that but you can at least present a cohesive whole that a layman can understand that's mm. the rule yeah and if somebody can't i don't have much time for them <laughs> if somebody's oh. got a philosophy and and they're not they're, they're not clear about how it works and they can't explain how, how how it is then they don't understand it themselves that's the way i look at it how about if they won't do it how about if they won't explain it that's fine. I'll move on. I don't need to know what they know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to force anybody to do anything they don't want. <laughs> I'm not either. Keep secrets. Mm. I, just, I just don't see a huge difference between can't and won't. Mm. There is a difference. It's just not big in my mind. I mean, they're very, very similar. Yeah, the other thing that I'm passionate about at the moment is is starting to do more and more woodwork. You know, I've done so much in the house and I'm going to join a group on Thursday. It's called Men in Sheds from Australia. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Great what name. What a name. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go potter on there and, and chat to them because, uh, you know, I want to take it further now. I've done all the, the big things like the fence and the, 
the garden beds with sleepers and, you know, the stairs and, you know, I've done the flooring and all that, all that kind of stuff, the big stuff, you know, it's, it's more like, it, it's not artistic stuff or, or, you know, like creative stuff very much. It's, it's more like just technical. Um, but now I'm really looking forward to, you know, just doing small project, like making a little step stool for my garage. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, build it up from there. And it's just, I'm really enjoying that. I'm really, really enjoying that. The solar we, panels we've got, I'm, I'm so excited about those. You know, yeah. electricity bill's gone down to like 20 quid a month. Nice. Um, we've got the spare electricity, which is why I wanted the EV car so that we can plug it in. Sure. Yeah. Take advantage. Yeah, exactly. So instead of throwing it into the grid, just put it into the car. You know, I, I reckon we can easily charge the car here. Uh, from the, from, from the, um, solar panels completely. Um, because it's not a full EV, so it's not a huge battery. I was just going to ask, how long does it take to charge the battery off of, off the solar panels? Um, it's supposed to be two, two and a half hours. Oh, that's not bad. No. That's pretty good. Um, you know, if I just choose the sunny days, I need probably have to do it once a week because the engine, will charge the battery as well whenever you're driving, whenever you're going yeah, down the a hybrid, hill. Um, right. you know, yeah. So you've got that constant feeding the battery even when you're driving. So yeah. you don't you don't really lose. So, you know, you can get like 500 miles per gallon at least on this thing. You know, it's, like, it's a bit mind-blowing, you know. Um, so that's exciting for me as well, um, working more and more with solar um, and seeing how real it is. It's You know, it really works. Mm. It's there, it works, it, you know. We do a lot more of our cooking now during the daytime when the sun's out. <laughs> really? Um, Interesting. Yeah. Just, just you know, um, because it's free free electricity, why would you not? It just, mm-hmm. doesn't really make much sense. Not to. Well, the batteries it, it, are fully charged by 11 on a sunny day. So, you know, that ex- all the elect- extra electricity goes into the grid and then they pay you peanuts for it. Like absolute peanuts in this country now. They're hardly giving you anything for electricity thrown back into the grid yeah. so you really have to find other ways of of, of, of using it, it. Mm-hmm. yeah but they'll, well, it, they'll it give you 8p and they charge you something like 40p for your electricity um per kilowatt and then they'll only give you eight when you give it back to you know when you your solar panels give it to them it's like come on you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the best rate in the uk you know mm-hmm. so, yeah I don't know what the equivalents are here in the U.S., but they're probably similar. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, because I'm struggling a lot to to get this whole thing set up, I'm really, they're made it really difficult, and I won't even want to get into it because it's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's really been tough for me. I mean, I've tried to give a positive a viewpoint on the whole thing, but... Um, they, well, they you're making progress. That's so a positive many part. Times. Yeah, yeah, definitely making progress. Um, but it's taken me, what, we installed it about three or four months ago, and I'm only now getting to the final stages of being able to get paid for it by putting it into the grid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can, really, they've drawn out the, yeah. Uh, I've got a, the solar panel guys were, were um, what do you call them? Uh, you know, just gung-ho, like, just, oh sure, that's part of the sales pitch. Yeah. Just not not the actual equipment they gave us was all good, mm-hmm. but the after sales um, and and the looking after you and making sure that they've done all their paperwork and submitted it to all the right people, I'm trying to get hold of them to to own up to their responsibility, trying to get them to call you. To Interesting. Us. You know, and I've really tried the law of attraction to get that turned around and. I just got stuck with this one. I usually manage to to work very well with all those online calls and get them, you know, very mm. positive and all the rest of it. But with these guys, it's just, you know, they just don't care. This is no caring whatsoever. They don't. It's care. almost like the universe. They've got, is they've, got they've got your money. They've got your money. Yeah, oh, sure. I'm only interested in the next guys. <laughs> but but it's like you were talking about that you're looking for other applications. It's almost like the universe is pushing you in that direction, saying, you know, you don't don't spend all your time over there. Spend your time over here. This is where all your abundance is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just so exciting, you know, to to have my electric scooter charged by solar panels, to have my electric car charged by it, and then you know, um, I've got a 
immersion heater, so I'm going to be heating my water with the solar panels to a degree as well. Um, wow. And, uh, You're having then some there's fun very, there, friend. The, 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 yeah, it's, it's just to me, just trying to find out how you can make things more and more sustainable. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's one guy who, who found that uh, graphene, you know graphene? The, the I know the great name, advantage of graphene. We, we're going over now, but graphene uh, doesn't lose any heat. If you put heat on one side, 100% is, comes out the other side. Oh, okay. So this guy was making a rope out of graphene. And I don't know how far he got, but he was thinking <laughs> that, you know, let's put it into the center of Earth and then we'll have unlimited um, power. <laughs> That's an interesting challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the ideas people are coming up with are gargantuous in so many ways. They are now making electricity with rain. And literally, it's so easy that, you know, you can go on YouTube and look it up. You just got a two cathode and anode. And as the rain drops between the two, it creates a charge. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And they're also learning, they're also learning to store um, electricity in concrete. In concrete, yeah, okay. In concrete. So you're going to have your whole house as a battery. <laughs> it's very inefficient <laughs> at the moment. Very, very, very inefficient. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> but um, they have designed a way to to make concrete store electricity. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. I love it. It is. I mean, the ideas I'm, I'm, I'm hearing at the moment, they're just incredible. Yeah. You know, so now you can make electricity when it rains even though there's no sun, you know, mm-hmm. and you start realizing that the potential out there, I'm, I've always known that there's unlimited energy. Sure. We just haven't tapped it. And First now I'm starting to see all the different ways that it is possibly possible. And mm. you know, how, how many of the ideas that people came up with have been bought out by the oil companies and they've just been sat on, you know, um, like tons and tons and tons, but never mind. Um, I'm just looking forward to all of this coming out the closet, and then we're starting to work with, with boundless, endless amounts of free electricity and energy and on this Actually, planet. And I don't, I don't think it matters I, what the oil companies have been doing because I, I try to imagine what the lawsuit would be. Okay, you know, so they have they, they basically copyrighted or patented or in some way tried to control these things, and then somebody comes along and takes the technology and puts it to use. You know, how, how does that lawsuit from the oil company work? We, we are now suing you for using this idea that we refuse to use. That 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 that's going to fly real well in court. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be the trial of the century. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Trying to convince the judge that, uh, yes, uh, we, we could be saving humanity, but we're not going to uh, let anybody do that because we aren't making a profit off of it. Yeah, I don't see a judge going for that one. I don't care how conservative he is. I don't see any judge ruling in favor of that company. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I think they just took, took them and squashed them from, the, you know, just just enough information's probably been kept so that the guy can't, you know, reproduce it. Ah, but that, that's but, the thing. The, the, the information is energetically available. Everybody can access it. And that's what yeah, people are doing. Yeah, yeah. They're all accessing it at the yeah. same time. You know? And it's going to, you know, as soon, as soon as you come out in a certain way, they'll probably be able to slap you on with lawsuits. But as soon as well, you have try. a variation on a theme, then they can't do anything anymore. So It'll be like the lawsuit back in the day, uh, the beginning of the Internet, when uh, the owner of MP3 tried to sue everybody. And the, the courts just weren't going to have it. Like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. so you have the patent, but it's not going to do you any good because it's a universally accepted technology now. You can't control it anymore. Mm-hmm. That's basically what the court said. So they can have their day in court. It's just they're not going to get much out of it. <laughs> <laughs> just not going to happen. Nope. Yeah. Well, like you said, we have gone over, but this has been fun, and I want to do mm-hmm. more of this. This is good. I like I like these explorations of different different solutions that people are pursuing. This is, this is good mm. stuff. We got to do this more often. Really, really good. If, if you let me get there and talk about it. <laughs> I, I'll let you talk about that all you want to. I, I just get, good, you know, good. I just get put out with all the stuff about, yeah, we're, well, we're constantly destroying the planet and we're destroying the soil and we're destroying it. Like, okay. I get that. Move on. <laughs> yeah, Move on. Good. Let me hear the other part. The solutions are, are really, really, really interesting and varied. Wow, so many different areas. And that's the cool You have no idea. And the passion people have for this is incredible as well. And that is It's good to see people getting together over one thing in a positive way to try and sort it out. Yeah, right? 
Absolutely. Totally agree on that. That's a great way to finish the, stuff, the, the show off. So good stuff. All right. So we'll, we'll have a guest next week and hopefully Anne-Marie will be back. So we'll welcome her back as well. But, uh, Louis, have a great week and continue work with you those too. batteries. Get something hooked up to give us, give us a new report on something. You found some new way to hook up some new gadget to the batteries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'll definitely be working with the solar panels for the rest of my life. And they, uh, they are amazing. Well. Really worth it. Excellent. Go get some. <laughs> <laughs> Buy them in your local store now. We'll see you all next yeah. time here on LOA Today. Take Goodbye, care, everybody. everybody. Bye. Bye.